Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Gary Holt from Exodus and formerly from Slayer, and you're listening to The Razor's Edge. Hello, everyone. It's Jamie from The Razor's Edge Rocks, and we are joined by man from the home of metal, Birmingham, like myself, here to talk all yes. about their brand new and fifth studio album, Rise to Power, available February 3rd. It's Carl from Memoriam. Good evening. How you doing, John, mate? You're on, mate? I'm very well. How are you, my friend? It is good to speak to a fellow Brunei. Oh, no. See? Home of metal. Got a brand new metal album coming out. We are in the metal metropolis. <laughs> we we all... call it. We always like to start off these things of a hard-hitting question, a question we like to ask people, especially in the world of music and performance. How was your pandemic season, I suppose we call it? I know we're pretty much out of it now, but it's still sort of there. Yeah, it was a bit of an experience all around, really, wasn't it? Um, yeah, all of it, yeah, everything was bumbling along quite nicely, very busy, doing lots of gigs, and all of a sudden uh, the whole rug got pulled out from under all of our feet, didn't it? Yeah, so we were all kind of left with a twiddle in our thumbs, wondering what we're supposed to be doing with ourselves. And, um, yeah, as most magicians, magicians, musicians <laughs> in the world, uh, <laughs> conjure up, so I did that. Like um, new music, you know, if you find that a lot of everyone turns to the studio and writing because you know, that's all we could do, you know, we couldn't do yeah. gigs. So, uh, everyone kind of like turned their hands to uh writing albums, virtually every musician on the planet, I think. Uh, <laughs> as a result of that, post pandemic, there was a whole uh plethora of musical uh outputs. Uh, an outpouring of creativity, which was uh, on a phenomenal global scale. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, 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 the pandemic in itself, I think it gave everyone a bit of a, everyone chance a bit of a pause in life. Mm. Yeah, everyone kind of like, you can reflect on potentially the things that are more in, most important, you know, family, friends, and, um, you know, concentrate on those things. You know, from, uh, from my perspective, it was, it was quite hard work. I, I kind of, I work my, my normal job, I work from home anyhow, so it didn't have any impact on that. In fact, if anything, I was busier at work <laughs> than I was ever before because everyone else was at home uh, with nothing to do. So I, as a result, what I do is I, I, I do startup loans, um, business startup loans. Everyone decided they want to start their own business up, and it was, it was ridiculous. Uh, so I was incredibly busy with work. Also, I had the added bonus of having two young children off school and trying to attempt to uh, homeschool them, which uh, I just gave up after two weeks and let them play on the Xbox uh, <laughs> for six months. It's good, good, learning, good, good, good parenting, I think. Uh, just play yeah, Minecraft I mean, to learn all about geography. It's fine. Absolutely. Yeah, learn how to press, press, press numbers and things like that. Yeah, great. Great <laughs> something on Minecraft. I actually got quite good at Minecraft. Uh, but, uh, but, but, um, but, yeah, it makes you focus on the things that are important. And musically-wise, it gave us an opportunity um, – before then, we'd been writing at a phenomenal pace, you know, uh, started and we, we wrote three albums in three years. That's really what we set out to do, you know, was to create that kind of like musical output, like what we did when we first started out in bands in the in the late 80s, you know, when bands did put out an album every year. Um, and we tried to recreate that and that was all going along at a fine pace, one album a year to album number three. Then, as I say, the pandemic came along, which stopped us in our tracks, in our ability to carry on that album every year, uh, kind of like structure, but it was good, it kind of worked out better, 
for us, really. It gave us that little bit of extra time, that extra six months. In fact, it was 18 months as opposed to a year mm. to put another album out. But that extra six months really played into our hands because it gave us a little bit extra time to work on the pre-production side of things. It gave us yeah. a bit more time to structure the songs and make them stronger. And from my perspective, as a lyricist, it was really good because it gave me time to write the lyrics, rewrite the lyrics, demo the lyrics. Now, I don't, from my experience of doing this for 30 years, I've never had a chance to, to, to demo lyrics before I went in the studio. It was pretty much a, put them in your head, write them down, go in the studio, do them. And then when you get in the studio and try and do them, you, you find out that what you've got in your head doesn't actually work. Or <laughs> 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 oh, the words just don't fit right, they don't sound right. So you spend half your time in the studio rewriting the lyrics and trying to restructure the words so they fit properly. Uh, but this time around, with album number five, um, album number four, um, to the end, doing the demoing was a real big push forward for me, uh, experience-wise, because I could I could learn. I learned exactly what the words were going to be. The words were right. The words fitted. The structures worked. They were fitted. So when we did finally go into the studio, Father Studios, Mr. Russ Russell, um, everything was in place. All I had to do was concentrate 100% on just delivering what I'd done. Yeah, and so then the focus was totally on delivery rather than trying to structure them and, and make them work. Um, so that was a massive progression from me from from my perspective and something we've kind of took on board and we've we've, we've applied that now to the new album rise to power because it has a, a big massive positive impact because you know not only do i know what i'm doing the rest of the band get to hear what the vocals are going to be, be before mm. they record so they can adjust and you know they're playing you know, the drummer can accentuate some of the lyrics with his drum patterns and things like that so it works works really really well so we've learned we actually learned something positive from the whole uh, impact of of uh, COVID for the band, but also I think it gave us that that stepping back kind of gave us uh, an opportunity to engage with people a bit differently. I think social media was a very huge kind of positive uh, impact through that. It kept everyone kind of communicated and uh, communities engaged with one another, and that support networks were were really good and everyone really supported us really a lot throughout the whole COVID period. Everyone, you know, continually contacting us and supporting what we're doing. I am which was key to keep us going, you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, we were, we were very thankful for that. And we've learned from that experience. And, you know, coming out of it was a beautiful experience. You know, I think our first gig after COVID was Bloodstock. And oh, playing that start. was just... Yeah, I mean, and that that was an incredible experience. You, you could feel the sheer joy of people being able to go out and do the thing they love doing, and you know, engage and go to gigs and uh, and kind of the, the sheer joy of that experience was, you know, was you, you could feel it. You know, yeah. it was a special special uh, weekend that was, and um, yeah, we felt it ever since. I think you know, people are generally a bit more. Um, aware and appreciative of of going to shows and doing the things that they missed out on doing for for eighteen months or so, you know. And um, I think it's, you know, in that respect, it's had you know, a positive. Okay, millions of people might have died across the planet, but apart from that, yeah, you know, it's had quite a positive effect on people's mindsets. I think so. It's so you can't. It's not all bad. It's not all bad. No, <laughs> I, I agree. We've spoken to quite a few people who you know they say, "I know COVID is horrible. It caused a lot of things, but." 
They managed to turn it into a positive. They've learned new skills. They've and they brought themselves close to people. Like, you know, it's good to see yeah. positives coming out of this negative because there was a lot of negativity in the media. There was a, a lot, lot of it, and it was full. The world was full of it. Yeah, but but you know, kind of, yeah, it, it is. We all drew. We all drew. You know, into ourselves. You know, it's a very mm. isolated experience, but we shared it. Uh, you know, kind of like in many respects through social media and platforms like that, which which kind of helps us engage with the world around us. And you know, um, you just. Just doing, doing, getting out, getting, being able to get out there and do shows again and do the thing that I really enjoy doing by playing music, playing live music was was a sheer, sheer joy. So yeah, we appreciated being able to do it as well. And you know, not only we appreciate, we could feel that kind of like that feedback off the crowd as well. So it's it's been good, but you know, it's 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 rather a crowded environment out there in the world. In fact, as I say, everyone recorded albums and released them at the same time. And as a result, everyone is now touring these albums and taking the same time. So uh, you know, uh, it's it's like it's almost like yeah, from from having no gigs in in your local town uh, in a month, there's there's now you know two or three every night. It's difficult in that in, in, in that respect. It is quite difficult, uh, and we did have to fulfil all our contractual postponed contractual obligations last year. So we were doing a lot of shows last year that we kind of were postponed from COVID. Mm. Obviously, we were doing them at the same fee as they were to help out the promoters. But yeah, everything else had gone up. You know, flights had yeah. gone up considerably. You know, accommodate all the other extra costs had gone up, whereas the gig fees had kind of stayed the same. So, so it was quite a challenge, uh, and we were quite busy last year as well. So uh, I think this year we kind of. I'm going to try and rein it back a bit and um, and kind of like find some balance in that crowded, crowded environment that is out there. <laughs> so we were talking a minute ago about your songwriting and being a lyricist. Where do you get inspiration for your lyrics? Is it from the world of imagination? Is it personal to you or something completely different? Yeah, um, good question. Um, I generally tend to draw my lyrical themes from the world around us. That's that's really... I've, I've got three main themes that I generally tend to, to write about. The one, the obvious one, which is what I've always written about, is that eternal subject of war. Mm. Uh, that is a constant... Uh, in fact, in you know, my previous band, you may well know that that was the only thing that we ever wrote about. Uh, <laughs> and Which is great, but a little bit restrictive. Um, so with Memoriam, I have taken on this, this fantastic opportunity to write about some other things, you know. So as I've got older, uh, and I am getting a bit older, um, <laughs> I've got, I do like to write songs that are about what life mm. and experience, you know. So you'll find a lot of the songs that uh, the lyrics I write about these days are, are about, yeah, the joy, the sorrow, the grief. The happiness, the 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 yeah, the ongoing struggle of everyday life, you know, those experience. And I think, yeah, that those for, for me are the lyrics that bear they have some resonance with, with people, you know, because we've all been through experiences. We've all been through sorrow and loss and joy and grief and things like that. Is something as you get older, it happens a lot more often. Uh, but that's life, you know. And uh, so I enjoy those kind of lyrical themes that I write about and draw from. Don't think I'd be able to write songs like that 20 or 30 years ago. You know, now I've, I say in the autumn years, uh, I can draw from those experiences of life in general, and I enjoy getting them into the lyrical structures of the songs that I write. 
Also, you may notice, notice with Memoriam, I do tend to um, have this ability or this, uh, I do like to write songs that have got, yeah, a kind of political, social com commentary involved in them. You know, so I do, I'm prepared at this point in my life to stand on my soapbox and pontificate about things that I think are important <laughs> to make comments about in life. Uh, and that's really heavily influenced by the world around us. You know, I draw a reference from, from you know, social and um, cultural, political, environmental issues that are occurring at specific points in time. So each album I write is almost a kind of document of that specific point in time, in many yeah, respects. Yeah. Um, so maybe, for example, the last album was heavily influenced by the you know, the, the global rise of nationalism, you know, right-wing extremism, you know, that kind of like fascist ideology. So there's a lot of political content about, you know, anti Black, Black Lives Matters, you know, anti-fascist kind of like commentary was involved in that one. Um, moving to, to where we are now in 2022, 23, when it was written, I've drawn reference very much so from uh, global issues which are occurring in the planet right now, right here on our doorstep, which is the, the war in Ukraine, you know. So yes. ironically, after writing lyrics about war for the past 30 years, uh, this album uh, features quite heavily on lyrics about war. Um, quite mindful in the past to kind of try and move away from that sort of matter and balance it out. But with this album, it feels like that because it's a, it is quite social, it is quite cultural, it is quite a political issue, it's kind of merged into one, you know, and it feels that at this point in time that the lyrics that I'm writing about war have got more relevance now than they ever have done in the past, you know, because it's happening, it's on our doorstep, yeah, yeah. it's there, it's in the media, it's in our faces, it's 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 occurring, and it's, 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 it's yeah, it's fine, it's, uh, it's, you know, kind of a... The neo-fascist nationalism of the Russian state imposing their will upon uh, a sovereign state of Europe is is frightening, you know, and, and the Absolutely. impact it has on normal everyday human beings, you know, um, and the the, 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 the yeah you know, the mass the mass human loss and suffering from all sides, you know, it, it, it's 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 horrible to see, but you know, particularly as a parent, it really moves me when I see young children being affected yeah. by it and. Families having to relocate to other parts of you know, the world as a result of that. And so, yeah, so that has formulated quite a large inspiration for the lyrics on this here new album, Rise to Power. As you just mentioned, Rise to Power, we should talk about it. Album's out in two yeah. days as we do this recording. I bet you can't wait for people to actually get their ears on it now. I am. It's it, it's been like you know it's it's like my little secret baby, which we've had in in kind of wrapped up in cotton for the past you know uh, six months since we wrote it, and we've been waiting and waiting, and now it's kind of like it's almost about to be unleashed upon the world as we speak. I'm starting to get all the social media feeds through people receiving their pre-orders. You know, yeah. so getting lots of feedback. You know, really, really positive, glowing. Uh, you know, reports, which is great. You know, it's really kind of like quite self life affirming in many respects. It's, it's great the way this album is being received. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, finally being released. Uh, I say in two days' time, and uh, the whole world getting to hear 
the album as it should be in its entirety. You know, people have heard little snippets here. They've heard the two songs that were released as, as video singles, All Is Lost, feature, feature award-winning feature full-length video, uh, <laughs> and the lyric video for Title War. They've heard that. I think that gives you a little taste of the album, but yeah, there's, from my perspective, the, the other songs on the album, which you haven't heard yet, or a lot of people haven't heard yet, uh, are a lot stronger. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of reaction the album in its entirety is going to receive from the people that matter, the people that buy it, the people that enjoy it. The, you know, the, the That's what it's all about at the end of the day. So, so yeah, really, really uh, looking forward to that with great anticipation. Oddly not, I was just about to ask, like, obviously, other than the two singles that have been released now, is there any songs on the album that you just like, I could not wait for people to hear this. I'm so proud yes. of the song. Yes. I, yeah, yeah, obviously. I mean, it's really hard to pick out songs that, that uh, you know, because there's maybe certain sections of each song that, are something that means something special to me in particular. You know, um, I just point out there's, there's one that I Am The Enemy, which has got all this... The, it formulates the intro to the album where yeah. we've got all these, we put it out to all our family and friends, the extended network, as I said, record yourself doing I Am The Enemy. And we just multi-layered about 100 people. My children are on there, you know, my partner's on there, you know, my former That's friends awesome. on there. It's quite nice, so you can actually, sometimes you can actually hear the voice. We multi-layered all these 100 voices to formulate the intro. Oh, but then awesome. that is tra track number three on the album. And it's why I like that particular song is because I've got to use my poem that I always use, not my poem, Lawrence Binion's poem uh, for The Fallen, which is something I do on every album. I always nick a verse out of what is that poem, that infamous poem, They Shall Grow Not Old As We Shall Live Grow Old, hmm. that one. Um, nick a verse out of that and I insert it into the one of the songs on the album. Done it for every album so far. I've only got one verse left of the poem left. <laughs> Kind of backed myself into a corner. It's quite a difficult one to fit in as well. Uh, that will feature somewhere on, on album number six. Somewhere. It's over your loop again, or you have to sit there and pick another poem. I'm going to have to pick another poem. I'm going to have to pick another poem. He's, going to have to, he's dead now, so he can't write another one. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but, but yeah, so I managed to wedge in that this epic uh, poem into the start of that song, and it really fits well, so I'm quite happy with that. Uh, so that's I Am The Enemy. I particularly like the last track, This Pain, which is a massive, yeah. epic opus which starts with a, a classical guitar, you know, intro, which is something very different, something we haven't done before as well. Um, and that's got, yeah, yeah, that's a great song about hope and, you know, kind of rising through the suffering and pain of our everyday lives, uh, as a lot of the songs are about. <laughs> and um, I suppose while I'm talking about these songs, the first one, yeah, the one about the Holocaust, uh, uh, six million dead. That for me is a real strong song and something I've always attempt. I've, I've attempted to write that song for the past 15, 20 years. Never, ever, always started and gave up because it could never really give the song the emotive gravitas that it deserved. But uh, that's quite good, isn't it? Emotive that's good. Gravitas. I like that. Getting some great oh. words out of here. <laughs> 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 Next time, Alan's not that. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, so, yeah, so this time around, I heard that riff that, that's got, yeah, kind of, it's got a very melancholic kind of riff. And I managed to, uh, to struck some words that had some meaning. I drew reference directly from uh, doc documentaries I was watching. I wrote it around about this time last year. 
because we got uh, the Holocaust Memorial Day, which is on around 23rd, 26th of January. So there's a lot of documentaries um, of people that experienced it, you know, like the uh, yeah, real life experiences were, you know, from their own manners. And, the, and so I drew a lot of the lyrics directly for uh, references, re referencing those. And that's what gave it the the, uh, the meaning of the Grotas because it was real words from real people. Um, and yeah, I'm particularly proud of that one. And I'm very proud that it's the opening track to the album as well. So yeah, there's lots of stuff going on on this album, which I'm sure people will like in many different ways. I can imagine quite a few people, lyricists, that have these ideas like, I'm going to write a song about this, starting it. Right, I'm going to put yeah. that in the butt pocket. I can't think of anything. Uh, Give uh, it that, that is exactly <laughs> what happened with that one completely. It's something that's been on the back burner. Every album comes along, I think, right, this is the time. I'm going to write it. So, sit down, write some words. Shit. <laughs> 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 that doesn't work. <laughs> that, that's just sounds, it sounds really, really patronising or just, just cheesy. Um, but yeah, this time around, it, it, it all clicks. And so I've managed to tick that one off my list, bucket list of achievements and I can move forward quite nicely. So yeah, I'm very pleased, relieved and proud of that one. Amazing. Are you planning to tour the album? I know there's no dates announced as of yet, at least according to your website, but is there a plan to tour? Not really. Uh, we're not really a touring band. Um, yeah, so we, 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 we've we all got jobs. We've all got... I've got kids. I've got my mum's got dementia. So we've all got like, responsibilities yeah. that are outside of this band. So we, we pretty much do memorial on our own terms. We are what you could say we are proud weekend warriors. Um, you know, we're never going to be a band that's going to jump on a tour bus and do an extended 40-week 40, 40 40 date yeah. tour of a specific territory. Uh, it, it's that holds no sense of glory for me. I've done it in the past; it was great, but at this point in my life, I think if I tried to do that now, it, it would seriously kill me. Uh, <laughs> I just I haven't got the uh, I, can't, I haven't got the energy for it anymore. But yeah, we, we pretty much do it on our own terms. Yeah, and, and yeah, saying that we do shows virtually every other weekend. Yeah. You know, throughout the year, we have done in the past. Um, this year, I think we're going to rein it in a bit. We're going to be a little bit more limited in what we do and a bit more selective in what we choose to do. We have got one gig lined up in Birmingham hey. in April, April the 5th, down at the Castle and Falcon, the Music for Noise Destruction, which we are headlining. We're looking forward to that. And we've got several of the shows lined up, following it up throughout the year. So, yeah, we're going to be busy, but not maybe not as busy as we were previously uh, because we are also in the process of writing album number six. So it's almost done uh, musically. Wow. I haven't started yet yeah, with the vocals and lyrics yet, but uh, we went over to Riff Central Studio last weekend to go through Scott's million dollar riff vault and select the songs which are going to be featured on album number six. Yeah, there's, there's at least 10 songs on there that we feel strong enough to uh, to work with to uh, to create album number six. So, yeah, we intend to potentially go in the studio towards the end of this year uh, and record that with a potential release date of sometime the following year, 2024. 20, uh, oh. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Both just went uh, blank on the year then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so we continue striving and pushing forward musically because uh, we enjoy doing that. 
And yet yeah, we will uh, be doing some shows. Maybe I say we, we. I mean, we were so busy last year doing these, doing all the shows, and we were finding that you know a lot of the shows because of the impact of a the amount of shows we're doing, b Brexit, and r the the, the more difficult it is to do to actually in, travel internationally yeah. and see the impacts of. Of COVID on the travel industry still had yeah had its impact. So we were having to get up at like you know two o'clock in the morning, get to Birmingham Airport two or three hours earlier than the plat the, yeah, the plane was leaving, catch a plane to a Central European hub, rush through with, with an hour connecting flight, having to go through passport control again in a big massive queue uh, with the rest of the world instead of European gate, which you get through in five course, minutes. Yeah. Additional security. And 50% of the time, we could make it as individual passengers, but the, the, our equipment never made it. You know, and that just makes it that much more complicated and less enjoyable, uh, yeah. the whole experience. So this time around, we've kind of been a little bit more selective of what we do. And we're trying to travel, do our travel. We're trying to break out and maybe travel the night before so we can make sure we can control the environment a little bit better. So that's the point at where we are at with Memoriam. Uh, we've got to enjoy it. That's the, that's the bottom line. That's what we do this for, you know, uh, at the end of the day. We do this purely for our own sense of enjoyment. In fact, other people like it is quite nice, a bit of a bonus. But really, you know, uh, we just do it for ourselves and because we really enjoy doing it. And so we're trying to retain that kind of sense of enjoyment and joy of doing it. Uh, and that's going to work for us, I think, going forward. Love it. Talking about, talk about playing live, though, and with the new album coming out now, are there any particular songs off the album you're really looking forward to playing live? Yes, there's some particular songs that I really like, like looking forward to playing live, which we won't be able to do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have picked up, we have kind of, that's the one glorious thing about, about doing it being a four bass, but it's easy, easy, quite easier logistically and dynamically it sets us aside from what we've done in the past, which we intentionally are a four bass. But it does restrict us with, with, with some of the songs that I've got multi layers on them. From playing them live, which always tend to be my favourite songs. For example, Last Words off the first album. Never been able to play it live. Doesn't work as a four pace. You need more, more guitars than just one. Uh, as My Heart Grows Cold. We tried it once. Doesn't work. Too, too, much, too much space. This Pain. My favourite track of the album. We ain't going to play that live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, but we, we we will be selected. I mean, this is going to be the eternal struggle, you know, uh, because we've only got like a limited time in which we can play. We've got an hour, usually an hour set yeah. is the maximum we, we, we play. And the more albums we do, the, the more difficult it gets to choose what we're going to play and what we're not going to play. You know, which is a great position to be in because considering yeah. the first album... We only had six songs, so we had to had to throw in some bolt thrower songs just to, to make the set long enough. Here's something you may have heard before. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Uh, so, so, so now we are, here we are, album number five, and we're in that glorious position of, of having to pick and choose what songs we are going to play. Like, we've got yeah, at least one or two songs of each album. But yeah, so we're going we're gonna, to, that is our next um, struggle. Our next, we're going to have a meet-up in the rehearsal room, try out the songs, work out what sounds best live, because, you know, it's different in the studio for yeah. to live, uh, and work out which ones sound the best uh, together live, and then we'll make our decision as to what songs 
we will play. But it's more than likely going to be Total War and the title track, um, Rise to Power. Potentially those two will probably feature in our live sets. But we're going to have that happy argument when we meet up next time. That's the next one. <laughs> There's worse reasons to argue with your bandmates, isn't there? Oh, but... absolutely. Yeah, it's going, to, it's, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. Which ones do we lose? That's 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 going to be. You know, which songs do we kick out of the set? Uh, to, to introduce the new songs. That's 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 a good point. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, uh, it's put, it's, put it's, all the names in a hat. Make it. Easy. I, I think we might do. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Yeah, but I think we'll just have to just just, just do different songs every night. That means we've got to learn them all. <laughs> but no, I, I was lucky enough to have a, an early listen to the record. I listened to it earlier today, ready for this, and it is fantastic. Memorial fans, you are going to love this album. And if you aren't already a Memorial fan, you will be once you've listened to this. So go check Goodbye. it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think yeah, there's, 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 there's lots of things in there, there's lots of different tones and textures to, to kind of appeal to a variety of, of, of tastes of music. So yeah, I think it just widen it out the boundaries of what we've done. So I'll just cut you off there, what you're saying. I was just going to say, the one thing that's thrown me off though is listening to that album earlier, listening to you singing and your vocals and then talking to you now, you would not think that's the same person. No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because like people say, you know, you don't sound like the records. But no, if I, if I did actually talk like I did uh, on the records, it, 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 yeah, because that, that would be fucking scary. Yeah, That would be very weird and I probably wouldn't get very far, especially, especially when talking to my people I've talked to at work. That, that, that would be <laughs> yeah. very disastrous. Uh, probably but yeah, people often say to me, oh, go, 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 do, do, you, do, you, do your death metal voice, go on. Come on, do your death metal voice. I go, am I a performing monkey? <laughs> <laughs> Dance monkey, dance. I don't. Yeah, it comes. It comes naturally with the music. Yeah, it's something I can't just do uh, yeah. at the drop of a hat. It's got to be in the moment with the music. It's all kind of like uh, yeah, a part of that. Yeah, so uh, it's got an interesting thing. And yeah, I suppose if you get me twenty quid, I might do. But uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's a natural. Uh, it's got almost like a natural reaction to the music that's that's uh, surrounding it. Really, it's not something that's not doesn't come. Uh, like that, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> Carl, this has been so much fun. If I could, I just want to ask you one more question before we go, because when we when we talk to musicians, I love asking this question. And a man that's been in the music industry for so long, music videos, the making of them, the process of them, love it or hate it? Well, to be brutally honest, I've only experienced it once ever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The the video, the award winning video, all is lost. Um, it's the first time that I have ever in my whole career created a full-length feature music video which involved going down to a studio in London and spending two days in London, one day in the studio, miming, pretending that you are singing in front <laughs> of your bedroom mirror with, with a, a hairbrush, very weird. Um, it was weird because you had to do three, t- all the secrets now. I had to do three takes. I did one normal take, at performing to the camera, and then I did another one, which was uh, a bit faster, a bit faster, uh, performing to the camera. Uh, and then the other one had lots of smoke and things going on, and I had to kind of wave my hair around a lot to get the, the effects going. Uh, and I, I had this kind of microphone in my hand, which had like a, it was like made. Uh, it's like, like you know, fifties 
50s ones, the chrome ones with, um, yeah, yeah. and it had an LED light in it, so you'd, you'd reflect through the, the grills, to give it that kind of like mysterious effect. Uh, but it was made out of plastic. I broke it in about 30 <laughs> seconds. The whole video, sort of holding this plastic thing together to make sure that it would, would, didn't break further, um, which was great. Uh, <laughs> and that was an incredible experience, great fun. And, was, and we had actors involved. We involved our crew. Uh, so it's got a bit of a family day out. Very weird, getting all the old makeup on and glue and blood <laughs> and strange. Um, incredible experience. And then the following day, we spent it, um, we went down to a little place called Mercy Island, which is down Colchester Way. Never been there before. And we spent the day, well, the evening, nighttime, when it had to wait till it went dark, in the middle of a field, very dangerous, uh, setting fire to a wooden throne, which was featured in the video. Uh, so we were standing around this wooden throne as the, there was health and safety involved, as uh, as one of the on the crew was throwing petrol at the throne, setting it on fire while we were standing around it. Oh, okay. But yeah, again, an incredibly surreal experience. And as I say, never did it before in my whole career of being in bands, never done a proper full-length music video. And it was an incredible experience. Another tick box off the old list of things that uh, we've never done before. It was great because we, we it was directed by a gentleman by the name of Mr. Hal Sinden. Okay. And you may recognise the name Sindon. Uh, yeah, Sir, Sir Donald Sindon, um, who is a famous British actor uh, who was in a, one of my favourite films, The Cruel Sea, um, Never the Twain as well, a comedy programme uh, with Windsor Davis. Um, but it was, so he had, he had that kind of that air of authority, uh, that kind of like, uh, and he had a real clear direction and vision of what he wanted to achieve with the video, which is very different from my interpretation of it, but it worked really well. And just to be involved in that whole creative process and the production side of it was, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was great. Something that I've never experienced before. So yeah, we're going to probably do one of those again, you know, uh, because we enjoyed it, because it was our first time. So there, there, there we go. That's a long-winded answer to your question. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> incredible Carl this has been so much fun thank you for sitting down and talking to me and all about the new album as I said before people you're going to absolutely love this album definitely go check it out but just before I let you go plug social medias where can people go find you out in the world okay well yeah you can uh, follow us on www.memoriam.uk.com that is our website for a source of all news and links to our social media websites we're on facebook we're on instagram where i'm on twitter we also have a big cartel site for our merchandise which would be very good if you could support us in that way um and um yeah we are very interactive with our friends family whatever you want to call yourself fans and um yeah get involved join us have some fun come along and see us live we're going to play in Birmingham, our hometown, in April, April the 5th, music uh, for music, well, the Destruction Festival, I don't know what it's called. Uh, and that should be fun, fun, down at the Castle and Falcon. Good to see you down there, Jamie. Hopefully. I was going to say, I want to try and come down for that. That sounds like a good idea. Good, good, good. good. And uh, I'd like to just finish off by saying thank you very much for your ongoing, continued support of the band. It is much appreciated. 
Thanks for listening. Make sure you keep up to date with future episodes by subscribing to our channels. For more information on this podcast, or for all the latest music news, reviews, interviews and more, head over to our website, www.theraziseedge.rocks.